With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the Bucks are great. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and howdy partners. Howdy partners. Welcome to the first master of mediocrity, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneer reviewing program. Champions of the world. Now, I don't care that two billion people in China don't care. Too bad for them. Even Yao Ming is celebrating in his quiet fashion the victory last night in Oakland. Shall we uh, just say, can number three of postseason whoop-ass. <clears throat> First, the 49ers, thank you for participating in the game, and please pick up your complimentary uh, package on the way out. Followed by a 36-ounce can of whoop-ass against Philadelphia. Thank you for participating. Now blow up your stadium. And don't worry about the Phillies. Let them play in a sandlot. Just blow it up. Followed by the jumbo 62-ounce can of whoop-ass last night at Qualcomm Stadium against the uh, feared <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Let's say it again, ladies and gentlemen. Super Bowl champions 37, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. <clears throat> So much uh, passing through all of our minds, normally other things passing through me, we'll put that aside in the bag and uh, try and assimilate everything that's happened in the last uh, couple of weeks to assimilate and digest what happened last night. I think you can pretty much sum it up by saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense just throttled, throttled that uh, number one ranked Oakland uh, Raiders offense. And welcome to our world, Rich Gannon. Oh, by the way, I wonder if Lincoln Kennedy's um, very wide Grand Canyon-esque uh, fat ass is sore this morning from landing on it so often last night, courtesy of Greg Spires. Because uh, there were a couple of wonderful, wonderful replay ground-level looks of Greg Spires steamrollering and pancaking Lincoln Kennedy, who uh, had feet like um, uh, Freebus. He just looked like an out-of-control whooping crane or a uh, slap-happy duck as Spires just uh, uh, schooled him, as did the entire Tampa Bay defense. Where do you begin in breaking down a game so thoroughly one-sided as that one last night by the way uh, would somebody please during the course of the morning explain to me what Bill Callahan was doing trying for two points at 34 to 9 somebody want to uh, explain that to me <laughs> because the number was 43 and everyone who plays um, Super Bowl you know pool blocks you know where you pay a hundred bucks to buy a block and you get two numbers <laughs> Everybody who had four and oh 
is waiting for Janikowski to come onto the field, kick the extra point, makes it 4-0. No. Callahan goes for two. And thousands, if not millions of people, crowd holders, zero and four. Bye-bye. Yes. Precipitating mass buck, 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 buck. Buck, 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 buck. Michael Pittman, 124 yards uh, rushing. Quite frankly, he got my MVP vote. Uh, how do you separate anyone from the Buccaneers defense and say that's your game MVP? I mean, what's the difference between Dexter Jackson's two interceptions and Dwight Smith's? I don't understand that. Or how about Derek Brooks finishing off yet another incredible season with returning a pass for his fifth touchdown pick of the year? I mean, just take a guy on the Buccaneers defense. Better yet, if you're going to go defense as the MVP, just give it to the entire defensive unit. Or better than that, give it to Monty Kiffin. Otherwise, I think Pittman earned the trophy. And if he earned the trophy, then he shares it with the offensive lineman, which many of us, including uh, this speaker, beat up on, warranted as it was, through a large portion of the season. But warning, all along, let's wait to the end of the year and this package is complete before we make assessments. And it was in the last six weeks and the regular season and then the postseason that finally all of that work with Bill Muir and all of the frustrations that that offensive unit uh, suffered through, it all came together. And you saw domination last night by that offensive line, and props are due them. And uh, even Kenyatta Walker, who was just uh, unmercifully yelling, How's that for above average? You can be quiet, Kenyatta. Everyone's going to give you props because when you earn them, you get them. And that offensive line, including Kenyatta Walker, earned the props with their effort not only last night but throughout the preseason. This football team is now complete, both offensively and defensively. Special teams still very shaky. But uh, the two sides of the football most important, offensive and defensive, coalescing in one great orgasm leading to the Super Bowl. The uh, signing of John Gruden, no matter how it happened, and it may have been nothing more than a stroke of good luck when Steve Mariucci at the midnight hour said no thanks, which would have led to Rich McKay leaving the franchise and a lot of bad things. John Gruden, for $8 million and four draft picks, now looks like the steal of the history of the National Football League. Best moment in the Super Bowl last night, non-commercial division, had to be that uh, clip, video clip of John Lynch in the first half coming off the field with the rest of the defensive unit, mic'd up and then heard to say, with almost awe in his voice, uh, can you believe this? This is like every play they're running we've practiced against all week. And other words... The anticipation and game planning of Monty Kiffin was as if uh, he knew every play coming his defense's way. And three first downs in the first half. Five times, three downs and out for that so-called great Oakland offense, I guess, says it all. All the interceptions, including Brooks to end the game, merely icing on top of the cake. All right, celebrate Tampa Bay and do it in a classy way, much as you did last night. 
A few of you miscreants got out of hand, but uh, nothing of a serious nature. You didn't destroy any property that I'm aware of. No one, fortunately, was killed in celebrating the victory. And now we look forward to uh, a parade, a uh, greeting of the team at the stadium tonight at 9 o'clock, and all of the attendant hoop-de-doo that goes with being champions of the world. 990-4620, Pinellas 461-4620, toll-free 1-888-546-4620, and the Alltel Wireless is poundoakland.com. By the way, I hate to throw a sour note on an otherwise brilliant day, but I might as well get it out of the way. Somebody explained to me how, after beating Dallas, the Tampa Bay Lightning can take a 2-0 lead over the Nashville Predators and lose. Isn't it a bitch? You got that right. We'll save that for tomorrow. Right now, nothing but celebration and Derek. Got that right. How about them Bucks? I think the Bucks are great. Yeah, yeah. I think there's got to be a better word than that. So many things to talk about this morning, including the uh, halftime show. I heard Tony Bruno talking a little bit about it late in his uh, segment. Yeah, I don't know who this uh, broad Gwen Stefani is, but uh, please get her retired immediately. I have never heard an alleged performer hit so many bad notes in a five-minute span as that girl did last night. Just awful. Embarrassingly. It was almost Carl Lewis National Anthem uh, type bad. Phew, horrible. So anyhow, let me tell you a little uh, story. I was uh, driving around with the terrorist yesterday who uh, badly misses her mama, who gets back from San Diego tomorrow night at 6.30. And... Uh, and so I looked at this lovely little creature of mine, the little Caitlin, and I said, you know, I said, uh, honey, I said, D, you and Mama and I, I think we need to go to Ireland this spring. And she said, well, where's Ireland, Daddy? And I, so I explained all that to her. And she said, well, okay, are we going to go to Ireland? And I said, honey, we'll go to Ireland if the Bucks win tonight. To which she said, well, Daddy, what if they lose? To which I said, well, then we're going for a week in Waimama. <laughs> so uh, we can bypass Waimama now, thanks to the Bucks, and go to Ireland this spring. Thank you very much. And I'll think of the Bucks every moment I'm on that uh, great island nation of Ireland. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ireland. All right, uh, no luck of the Irish for the Bucks last night. That was just a thorough prepared uh, football team that just dominated its opponent. Dominated it. And even uh, when the Raiders got marginally close in the fourth quarter, and I know many of you long-time suffering Bucks fans immediately went into your negative mode. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can see it all coming apart. Oh, no. Just be quiet. I didn't feel, and any reasonably thinking football fan shouldn't have felt, that the Bucks 
defense was at any point threatened or on the verge of choking that game last night. That was not the Giants' defense. San Francisco was coming from behind against. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the top-rated defense in the National Football League. And certainly now uh, has earned uh, its place in National Football League history as one of the great defenses in league history. I've been very hesitant to use the word great. It's far too much overused. But in this case, uh, that greatness is validated by such a dominating performance in the ultimate game. Great job by a great defense. All right, it's 10-22. Let's do the hoop-de-doo, which is attendant uh, to the victors in all winning cities. And ladies and gentlemen, that means our community, the greater Tampa Bay community. Very interesting last night. I've never seen Malcolm Glazer that assertive and that aggressive in my life. He practically grabbed that microphone out of Mike Tarico's hands after the game and started screaming, just uh, screaming, uh, almost as if he was evicting somebody from his trailer park, and uh, and blurted out, uh, how about that, the Tampa Buccaneers, and I cringed. But he was very quick to realize that he had left out the Bay portion and then said, we love our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I could just see people on the Pinellas side of all the bridges uh uh, taking up arms against Hillsborough County today. I think St. Pete is great. Whatever. Jeez, put that crap aside. Just figure this. The Bucks won. And whatever name's in front of them, don't worry about it. The Bucks won. And the Bucks stops here. All right, let's go to the phone lines. And, Jerry, you're first up for Hoop-de-Doo. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Chris. The last time I was this deliriously happy was in 1977 when the Bucks entered the stadium after beating the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> but on to the going for two points. I was thrilled because I had four or five to end, uh, win a C-note at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> See that? For us, everyone's uh, misfortune, there's somebody equally fortunate. Now, my main point is... We wouldn't have this great defense together had the Culver House family still owned the Buccaneers. I want to commend the Glazers for commitment to winning. Absolutely. You have to do that if talking about any of the successful angles to this team, the contributions, the willingness of the Glazers, especially vis-a-vis the previous owner, play huge in this winning equation. It's, it's unreal. It's, it's fabulous for the city. It's fabulous for all of us. And I'm, a, I'm particularly happy for you who stuck by the Bucks, even though your heart at times was always with them, but your mind at times plays tricks with you. Well, I, it's never a question of supporting or turning it. Thanks for the call, Jerry, against the Bucks. Uh, if you're talking about any of the critical remarks I've ever made about the Glazers, by the way, I'm not the only one. But I've also attempted to be fair in my life, and when people are due credit, you give it to them. And I just gave it to them. No question about that. Uh, they went out and gave up four draft picks, which made me a little nervous, uh, and $8 million. But you know what? How can you even second-guess that? It's called scoreboard. Bucks won the Super Bowl because the Bucks added an offensive mind uh, to fill out the rest of the story. And by the way, speaking of Hugh Culverhouse... I've always thought in my tenure here in this great community that the best quote I've ever heard was um, Joy Culverhouse, the widow of the late and unlamented Hugh Culverhouse, after she realized that the uh, Culverhouse Trust was trying to screw her out of millions of dollars, uh, saying about the old man in a not-so-lovingly fashion, quote, 
I'd like to dig them up and shoot them. Right, Ethel. End quote. But uh, keeping it in the family, Hugh Culverhouse Jr. <laughs> is quoted this past weekend contributing to the family legacy with this beauty about his pop. Quote, Dad always wanted to be a winner, but he couldn't get over a fatal personality flaw. He was cheap. Whatever. End quote. Pretty much sums it up. Let's move on and say good morning to George. Hi, George. Good morning, Chris. How are you? A beautiful day in Tampa Bay. Man, you got that right. I, I moved here 14 years ago, started buying season tickets, and uh, suffered all the way up to... Uh, to yesterday, and boy, it was just beautiful. Um, I'd like to compliment John Gruden and his coaching staff, Monty Kiffin, not not to be left out either. Um, if, we, if people can't see what coaching does and what he has done for this team and with the talent and how he has still managed to find ways to open those creases in that line, that offensive line yesterday was great. Mike Allstott was blocking. Uh, you know, the, the draft picks we had to give up. I think it's actually going to help us because it's going to help keep our veteran core together. If we had two more number ones and two more number twos, we'd be even worse salary cap trouble. You know, we'd be tighter against the salary cap than we're going to be now. Yeah, that'll be the uh, once the euphoria dies down. Here are a couple of things that are going to happen. Players invariably, after reaching the highest success in their sport, want more money. That's guaranteed. Right. And then B, uh, look for your ticket price increases at a uh, mailbox near you soon. That's right. But uh, I had one other comment, too. Tim Brown, I thought, really took the low road. I, I've never had any respect for him. He's been bad-mouthing Gruden. And what most people don't know is the reason why he didn't like Gruden is because Gruden ran off Andre Risen after one year, and they were going to bring in Rice. And Tim Brown didn't think he was going to be in the spotlight anymore, and he's just a very, very selfish person and uh, didn't give any props to our defense yesterday. I thought that was real classless. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, George. And let's face it, if there's such a thing as a key play in the game for Oakland, who was involved in it? On third and six from the Oakland 48-yard line with 3.23 to go. It might have been less time than that. Think about it, folks. It's 13-3 to late in the first half. Even though the Buccaneers have dominated the football game to that point, it's 13-3. to The outcome of that game is still very much in question. The Raiders with great field position. Third and six from their 48. Gannon takes the snap, looks over the middle, and then goes to his left to a wide-open Tim Brown. And Brown drops the ball past the first down marker. So Tim Brown, that uh, great pass receiver for the Oakland Raiders, failed the Raiders at a time when it could have used him the most. Because let's face it, if he catches that ball and that drive is sustained, two things happen, or might happen. One, the Bucks don't get the ball back or with very little time left in the first half. And B, maybe the Raiders score. And even if it's a field goal, at the end of the half, 13-6 to is a whole lot different than what it was. And what it was, was 20-3. to Biggest game, that big moment for Oakland, when a player's got to step up and make a play, Tim Brown did not. Oops, too bad for you, Timmy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a man who I thought had one of the great observations of Super Bowl week. I think it was brilliant in its context and sterling in its presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, while riding a, a trolley, or some light rail, or perhaps it was a cockeyed jitney. Jitney, yesterday in his pregame report, the great Whitney Johnson talked about sitting next to the most fearsome Oakland Raider fan 
I forget the guy's name, Whitney will tell me in a moment, who actually turned out to be a, a very nice, quiet person. And that's what he's being today, nice and quiet. And here he is, Whitney Johnson. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's music to my ears. Chris, the man's name was The Assassin. Yes. So you figure a guy named Nat's going to be maybe a little nasty, and plus he has three heads. Yeah. <laughs> you know, two skulls and like a gorilla mask. Yes. And he stands up there and, you know, sits down, and I'm, how you doing, man? And I ask him, of course, you know, who are you rooting for? And he's all decked out in the Raider gear, and people are very scared of him. And they're sitting down like, how you doing, man? He goes, all right, you know, are you here for the game? And he starts talking about his kids. He's saying, I, go, I go, how do you guys, you know, they start, I go, aren't they scared of you? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, my little girl's terrified. He goes, I have to sneak out of the house. He goes, but my other little kids, I have to just keep saying that it's Halloween. And that's why I'm going. And then, he, you know, he's just talking about how sweet his kids are and his wife is beautiful. And she's saying, you know, he goes, she goes, we really don't get to that many games anymore. Once you have kids, it really, you know, ties you down. <laughs> like, the guy dressed with three heads. Yeah. It was just perfect. And he was a nice guy. He actually said that uh, he would, uh, he, he likes the box. He goes, but of course he loved Oakland so much. But see, uh, it was very funny. See that, Whitney? It's like before the Eagles game when I tried to calm down all these Buccaneer fans by telling them the boogeyman don't exist and the Eagles ain't the boogeyman. And neither oh. is that guy named the Assassin or any of that so-called Raider Nation crap. He oh, ain't yeah. the boogeyman. Oh, yeah, and it was, it was kind of neat at the stadium. It was like the, uh, an Outback Bowl or a college bowl. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Game, it seemed like half the stadium was Raider fans and half uh, were Buck fans. And, of course, uh, people that tried to get going the old Tampa Bay, but without the scoreboard, it was kind of hard, I think, to uh, direct people. But uh, the Raider fans would, of course, start hooting and hollering. The Buck fans come right back. It was a very uh, electric atmosphere, the uh, pregame show with uh, Salon Dion, who I can't stand, but she brought tears to my eyes with that version of God Bless America. Very nice. And, and John Lynch even said in the locker room afterwards, he goes, he goes, it was unbelievable. He said he's standing there. All of a sudden, he said he starts to get chills. He starts to well up. He said he's looking around at all the other guys, and they're going like, holy schmoly, can you believe what this girl is doing out there? They, they said that really did fire them up, knowing that the situation in the world with our troops uh, overseas and a lot of people that the fuck visited at McDill Air Force Base uh, for the last year or so, uh, we are really rooting for them there. So he said it was really an emotional moment that got them fired up. Whitney, is there one enduring moment or, uh, uh, yeah, one enduring moment for you for the week you spent in San Diego? Yes. Yes, without a doubt. We went whale watching. Well, I went whale watching. Oh, the other day, I asked John Lynch, because he's from San Diego, should I go whale watching or should I go to Tijuana? And he just started laughing, and he goes, he says, I think his words were, Whitman, go whale watching. Yeah. 
So I, I said, I'll take your advice. So Rock Rowling myself went out Friday night, and uh, we're a little, you know, cranky the next morning, needless to say. But So I said, I got to get out in the water. So the whale watch thing is right across from the hotel. So going out in the boat, and the guy goes, there's two whales up in the bow. He goes, we're going to head out there. He goes, it might be a little rough, so if you experience any seasickness, uh, please head to the back of the boat, and we have, you know, bags there and water for you, and yes. don't worry about a thing. So that's where I'm sitting in the back of the boat. So I'm starting to think, well, you know, I hope I don't get sick. And I'm like, oh, man, starting to think of that heavy. I'm just focusing on the horizon, you know, just trying to be mellow. And all of a sudden, this whale comes up and blows his back there. And I stood up like Captain Ahab and yelled, There she flipped! <laughs> and the guy goes, We have a reported sighting in the back, but I don't know. You know, and I said, No, it's right there. And sure enough, that baby came up, and it, it was just a, a very fantastic, just a, a dream of my life to see a whale. Yeah. And then at the end, we're leaving, and the freaking guy goes, All right, we're going to wait until these whales uh, flap their tail one time and go under, because they go under for like six, seven minutes. So sure enough, they did that, and he goes, All right, gang, we're taking off. All of a sudden, the two whales come out of the water, just like you see on National Geographic. Breach, they call it. It goes up in the air and comes diving down. And it was like, all right, guys, see you later. It was fantastic. Whitney, thank you. I'll be looking forward to your sea lion report next. <laughs> I tell you what, if I could come back as any animal, I want to be a sea lion because every time we went by a buoy in the bay, those things were just laying there and snoozing in the sun. Yeah. All right, thanks, and uh, come back safely, Whitney. The rest of the story is he and Rock uh, dropped a 15-inch Cohiba-sized joint in the blowhole of the whale, who will now be so disoriented he'll probably show up in India in about two weeks. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank you, Whitey. Uh, Whitney, great stuff. Only uh, Whitney could uh, describe as an enduring moment in a week of covering the Super Bowl Washing whales. <laughs> hey, where are the white women at? Next thing you know, he'll tell me that uh, Jerry Garcia was sitting right next to him. All right, here's Derek on 620 WDAE, the sports animal. This is Science Report. Today, whale sound. 620 WDAE. Round draft pick. But that's the sort of uh, team building we've come to expect under McKay. And how could you not be happy for a guy who at once, when he was 16 years old, was a ball boy for his dad, who was the first ever head coach of this franchise? Somebody whose heart and soul is so uh, intertwined with a community and a team. And to think back to just a year ago, how very close Rich McKay was to leaving over what would have been a disastrous uh, end of a long-time relationship with a community and his employer. Meaning the Glazers. How can you not be happy for McKay? And of course, I don't want to leave out Monty Kiffin, who may be like my all-time favorite coach. Because unlike most football coaches who just uh, give you that uh, blah, 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 Monty Kiffin uh, coaches like he lives life. He's like a big overgrown kid and a hell of a defensive coordinator. And by the way, on a very personal note, one of the very few people in that organization, after I got myself in a crap load of trouble last spring, uh, called and asked how I was doing. And it's little acts of kindness like that you never forget. So those are just four names that I feel extremely happy for today. Lynch, McKay, Kiffin, and Brooks. And there are many more, but those four, uh, for me, for me, and I think for this community, stand out above the others. And having said that, 
You know who I felt sorry for this morning? Well, a lot of former Bucks who uh, gave a great deal, if not all of their careers, to this franchise. And uh, for one reason or another, passed on before, um, I, I don't mean died, but passed on from the Buccaneers family before they could uh, uh, share in this great moment. You know, Paul Gruber, quintessentially one of the great quiet people, not only on that Bucks team, but in this community. A guy I will always admire. And even Jerry Wunsch, who took an awful lot of cracks uh, for his play, and he never was and never will be a great offensive tackle, but there's a guy in the same league with John and Linda Lynch, as far as I'm concerned, and Derek Brooks for their contributions to this, to kids. Anyone who's ever paid attention to what uh, what Jerry Wunsch and his wife have done with terminally ill children, I'll almost start crying talking about it. And, of course, Jerry was let go, uh, as is often the case with changes with a new regime. It would have been nice if he could have been here just because he's a high-quality, classy individual. And I like to see guys like that succeed, and I feel good for them. All right, that's enough. Uh, let me take a quick call. No, in fact, I'm going to defer as Derek comes in here. We're running about five minutes over, but that's okay. Because, uh, let's face it, it's kind of rare that we get to do a program like this. In fact, it's so rare... It's the first time ever. Here's Derek. We'll be back. We will take your phone calls. Just be patient. On 620 WDAE, the sports animal. There's nothing that happened on that field last night that was unbelievable to me, unless you consider the thorough ass-whipping the Bucks gave to Oakland. Am I surprised the Bucks won? Hell no. In fact, I believe that I said on multiple occasions last week, you really want to make money on this game. Play the money line, which was for every 100 you put down, you get back 150. How's that for confidence? Forget about needing three and a half. Just uh, play the money line. And those who did are very happy. Ka-ching. And by the way, as we close the books now on another football season, uh, and this ain't bragging, it's just uh, I want to just put this out as the public record since uh, whenever I am wrong, which is uh, now and then, or sometimes more frequently, at least uh, I'm willing to take a public hit. The last five weeks, uh, we ran off a 21 and 8 against the number, including 3 and 0 this week. Take the bucks and the points, parlay the bucks and the over, and tease the same two. 3 and 0, 21 and 8, the last uh, five weeks, which isn't bad. And uh, so we're very happy. I think I haven't done the numbers yet, but I believe that we finished the season about 58.7 percent, which is damn close to my goal of 60. So we're very happy, but not as happy as we are uh, that the Buccaneers are coming back home as Super Bowl champions 37. And I would think that uh, every piece of memorabilia will be scarfed up very quickly. I know I was watching uh, News Channel 8 last night, and um, they had a piece on uh, some local company that makes T-shirts. And, man, they were already, they had those uh, T-shirt presses humming. There were a lot of Hummers going on in that building. Just uh, one shirt uh, after another flying off the uh, printing press, you know, declaring the Bucks what they are, Super Bowl champions. That'll be a bestseller, I think. It's 11 o'clock. Good morning once again, and we'll go back to the phone lines here as uh, we try and get as many celebratory Bucks fans as possible into the, into the game. Let's go with Scott. Good morning, Scott. Is he there? Whoops. Scott. Over on this line. Hey, Scott, go ahead. Yeah, Chris. Yes, sir. 
Hey, uh, just to let you know, I uh, got your new acronym. It's PIMP. I am the PIMP. Yes, you are. You're the master of uh, pioneer and mediocre programming. Yeah, no question. That's a PIMP. A PIMP. Yeah. No. Pioneer and mediocre programming. P-I-M-P. Oh, programming. I think you said broadcasting. Pro? No. Well, well I, you know, that's a good one. And I am proudly uh, now to be known as... The pimp. The pimp, yeah. Kind of looked and like that guy in that commercial last night with the dog on his head. That was the best ass dog I've ever seen. That's what I was going to ask you. How old yellow dog like that? Old yellow dog even woke up at halftime last night, raised one leg, and uh, fired one off and went back to sleep. Yeah. That's about as excited as we've ever seen him. Yeah, I just was figuring, I mean, the way the, way the game started with the uh, announcers, I mean, the referees calling the Bucks the visiting team, it just looked like the Bucks were going to lose. But uh, all sakes aside... Uh, the Bucks defense did show up. Yeah, and by the way, and thanks for the call, Scott. Uh, we don't mean to uh, be negative, but uh, excuse me. That uh, officiating crew last night, uh, how can I put this delicately? Hmm. Sucked. It sucks. Yeah, that's it. They sucked. Beginning early in the game when uh, they decided that uh, Aaron Stecker's uh, knee hadn't hit the ground followed by the ball coming loose and awarded the, the fumble to Oakland. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes the challenge, and ain't it a shame to have to waste one of two challenges on a call as blatantly bad as that one? Uh, never mind. Yeah, his knee was down. Uh, to the highly suspect um, touchdown by Oakland, in which uh, the receiver allegedly had possession... As he went through the back of the end zone, uh, I'm not too sure about that. The problem, as uh, I guess it's been explained, is that for the first time, instead of having a crew, which had earned the highest marks during the course of the season and thus uh, for its good work been rewarded by officiating the Super Bowl, the NFL and its infinite stupidity decided to uh, mix and match and put together, quote, an all-star crew, end quote. Well, there wasn't anything all-star about that officiating crew. They sucked. But they weren't an influence, ultimately, in the outcome of the game. By the way, speaking of that quality contribution by my colleague Whitney Johnson before in identifying his seminal moment in San Diego as the day he went out whale-watching, it has now prompted uh, this email. Whale-watching. What Greg Spires said when he lined up across from Lincoln Kennedy last night. Thank you. That was a joke, by the way, uh, and, and a good one. I uh, have never seen on the same football field at the same time as teammates two more jelly-assed human beings than Mudslide Middleton and Lincoln Kennedy. Every time those guys attempted to backpedal into some uh, form of pass protection, all you could see were mountainous globs of uh, fat. See you later, chunky butt! Uh, this was way past uh, chunky butt. This was uh, massive, sliding, oozing, um, uh, uh, masses of uh, a fat ass. Love that fat bastard. Oh, yeah. This was uh, something she would have enjoyed and will take with her to her grave. You're fat and dumb. Wow. Well, I don't think they're dumb. They're just fat-assed. And uh, Greg Spires, you know, kind of lost in the shuffle of Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp, both who played great games last night. 
did as well from his uh, defensive end pos- uh, position. That man's never run that far in his life unless it was to get a meal. That's a good point right there. Let's go back to the phone lines and uh, top of the board we go to John. Top of the morning to you. Hi, John. Chris, good morning. Good morning. What a Super Bowl team effort it was as a victory. Got that right. How in, I mean, you couldn't even pick a defensive MVP, really. Any of eight players would have qualified in my book. Yeah, that's why I'm a little unsettled about uh, Dexter Jackson getting the MVP. Not that he's not worthy, that's not the point. But how do you separate his two picks from Dwight Smith, who at least returned both of his for touchdowns, a Super Bowl record? I'm not sure I understood that. No, myself either. And, and really, the play of Sapp, Spires, Mims against the run, Wims against the run, I'm sorry, and yeah. of course, Simeon Rice. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Well, sure, and they make it easy for the rest of the defense. And on those rare occasions... When Monty uh, Kiffin uh, threw a change-up, and I know he blitzed uh, Rondé one time, who came through like an express train, uh, that Oakland offensive line was overmatched. They were, and you and you bring it out so well how our speed literally just picked up guys like Middleton and Kennedy and f- put them flat on their ass. Oh, there were a couple of moments that were embarrassing for Kennedy. That's how totally dominated he was by Spires and his speed. It's and, and even if you go to the offensive side of the ball, how do you not give Brad Johnson some points for MVP? He wasn't sharp initially, no. But still, he controlled our offense. He delivered the ball when we needed to. And, of course, how can you not look at Michael Pittman? He had the game of his season, the, the game that we've all waited for as fans the entire year. How about the game of his life? Thank you. Uh, even at that, uh, Pittman uh, it could have had more yards, but he's still. I think uh, here's something Michael really could work at. Uh, during the off season, because he has ability, but he just wastes too much motion. There was one play in particular, with actually a couple of them last night, where he either made bad reads off his blockers, or in the case of this play I'm talking about, had a very nice hole, of which there were many last night, thanks to the offensive line, and then he's coming up, I guess it was either on the safety, or it might have been one of the linebackers, but instead of just uh, striding, taking a cut, and trying to beat the, the tackle... He went into one of those uh, La Cucaracha dances where he was tap dancing with his feet, and he got dropped right at the spot. Uh, and that's wasted motion. And I think that is something that's coachable and something that you can improve on. And in no way is that to denigrate, because I'm not, uh, Pittman's effort last night. I've already said I think, I think he should have been the MVP. But if I don't clarify that, then invariably some uh, uh, idiot will uh, uh, criticize what I just said, having not heard what I just said. All right, we continue with uh, Ewan, but not Tom McEwen. This is Ewan. Hello, Ewan. Yeah, that's right, and what a fitting name on such a glorious day today, Chris. Got that right. Uh, Yeah, listen, you know, uh, first of all, love the show, first-time caller. Had to call in today. Um, uh, Let me just touch on something real quick. You know, with championship teams, you mentioned guys like Brooks and Lynch. You know, not only are they great players, but you have to have great uh, character. And I think that, you know, that kind of resonates through the whole team. Yeah, that's the word, character. And the people I mentioned, I think, especially uh, Lynch and Brooks, are men of high character. And, you know, and just talking about the, excuse me, talking about the MVP, I'm still a little, you know, choked up a little bit. You know, I had a few studs going last night. Yes. But, you know, they were due. They were, I, I was due for that. But I think Dexter got it because not only did he have the picks, I think at the time, you know, the game was still in doubt. And, you know, the, the picks set up scores. And, you know, I, with all due respect to, to, you know, to Dwight Smith, I think he kind of leaned that way just because of that. But one thing I wanted to touch on is, is, is the class of John, John Gruden because, you know what, 
Um, much like, you know, Phil Jackson was in L.A., because he said, he said, you know, the talent's there, but you just got to mull it. But, you know, an offensive mind comes in, he, he tips his hat to Coach Dungey because, really, the places were in peace. You know, the places were there. Yep. Uh, the pieces were there. But, you know, I thought that was a really class act by him. Yeah, well, it was a class act by him, and uh, thanks for the call. And he properly recognized, gave props to uh, the guy who laid the foundation. We all know, unless you're a dumbass, that uh, the Achilles heel for Tony Dungy, while he was here, I hope it doesn't remain with him throughout his coaching career, was his loyalty, undying loyalty, which often translated to stubbornness when it came uh, to certain coaching decisions. Tony just was not willing to pull the plug on people who, to everyone else, clearly wasn't capable of doing the job. And it was only after, and it was handled poorly, but it was only after, I think, the right decision to let Tony go was made, and they brought in Gruden to supply the second part of the puzzle. And look what we got. We got offense and defense and a Super Bowl championship. And that's what that's all about. But it was very nice to see John Gruden recognize the contributions. And they should never be forgotten of what Tony Dungy made to this football franchise. Because before Tony Dungy, uh, let's face it, the Buccaneers were a joke. He brought uh, winning and dignity and class to this football team. And by the way, it's interesting to note that uh, even after the way he was terminated... He didn't leave here a bitter, angry man. He decided that he would stay here the rest of his life. And, in fact, his wife and his children uh, remained here throughout this past season. And Tony is a permanent member of our community, and we are the better as a result of it. All right, it's 1110. Let's take one more call before Derek is back in. And this uh, looks like uh, who? Dave. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Chris? Great. Wonderful. Uh, I just got back this morning, went on the, the, the one-day trip. It was amazing. Yeah. First got there, we waited for an hour and a half through security, which is ridiculous. It's yeah. 80 degree heat. Listening to Paul Olden talking to us, it was like being at home because he's the official uh, uh, announcer, I guess, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, the stadium announcer, right? And it, it was the, the adrenaline was flowing so much. I was up there and just to have yell Tampa and have twenty thousand people yelling back at you. It was fantastic. It was people told me I was. Stupid for spending the money and all that, but that is experience, like in one of those American Express commercials, that is priceless. Got that right. Thank you. I would never call somebody stupid. Uh, I wouldn't do it, uh, but my perspective is so much different, and my motivation is so much different than you as fans. I totally understand that. And my God, after waiting as many years as Buccaneer fans have uh, to blow, and I, I don't mean that <laughs> in a negative way, to blow uh, your money... The better way to put it is to spend an excessive amount of money uh, to be there. Uh, I would think, as a radical, crazed fan, is worth every cent of it, especially after winning. I'll leave you with this email before we go to Derek. Dear Chris, excuse me for a second while I roll over. Sincerely, Hugh Culverhouse. Whatever. Just get comfortable, uh, Hugh. All right, here's Derek on 620 WDAE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.